2: Welcome to the Picture Book Look Podcast. I'm Kim Chafee. And I'm Kirsty Call. Together we'll share some of our favorite picture books and chat with their creators to explore the journey from story idea to bookshelf. We'd love you to join us as we take a picture book look. Hey Kim. Hey Kirsty. Sometimes I wonder how many words I can make with the word alphabet. I mean, there's alpha boat, hmm. alphabetter, alphabut. <laughs> Sorry, excuse me for that.
3: <laughs> Alphabet's my favorite. I love alphabet. <laughs> That's perfect. I think maybe Susanna Leonard-Hill might have been having a similar brainstorm when she got the idea for today's book, Alphabet Time, illustrated by Betsy Snyder. This playful mashup of a bedtime and alphabet book is absolutely delightful.
2: We're excited to talk to Susanna and Betsy about their creative process behind Alpha Bedtime. Let's get started.
3: Susanna, let's start with you. We we love this fresh take on an alphabet story, and we know kids are going to love it too. Can you share with us how you got the idea for this story?
0: Uh, well, it's it's kind of funny actually because um, most of my ideas come from when I was a child, I grew up with three siblings. Um, I have five children of my own. I now have three granddaughters. So most of my ideas come from, from my own experience, myself with them, um, connected with other things, experiences, situations, emotions. Um, but, uh, on the, and like probably everybody, I keep lists of ideas. You know, I do it when I do Tara Lazar's, um, story storm. And just when I, whenever I think of things, I write them down. But every once in a while, I sit down for writing time and nothing appeals to me. And I can't think of anything to write. And that's what happened with this book. I I sat down to write one morning. It was January of 2010. That's when I wrote this. I couldn't think of anything I wanted to write. So I, I did one of the things that I tell my students to do, which is if you're stuck, Maybe try starting with a format of some kind. So I thought, well, I think I want to write an alphabet book. So that was where I started. And then I thought, well, there's a lot of good ones that are out there already. So I've got to come up with something that hasn't been done. And I fooled around with it for a while. Had a lot of very bad ideas, (laughs) things that I really wasn't happy with. And then I was just like saying the word to myself over and over. I had written it down a few times just so I could feel like I was writing something. And I wrote alphabet, alphabet, alphabet. And when I said it like that, it started to sound like alphabet. And I, and that made me think of bedtime. And then I thought alphabet time. So I actually got the title first. And and it's such a clever
2: title. I love it so much. I, I'm
0: so glad you I like it. it. I wanted it to be fun. I wanted it to be lively. I felt that I wanted to write it in rhyme. Uh, and I wanted, you know, each of the characters to have their own personality and so when I wrote the original story, I, I had a lot of uh, other qualifiers in. Like it wasn't, it didn't just start out with um, ABC. The initial version had descriptors like acrobat A and clown around C. I think as writers, one of the things that we sometimes do is if we don't illustrate, we picture it in our minds and we have to use our words to show those things. So once you have an artist, to bring that to life. You don't need all of those words. In the end, I cut a lot of that stuff out. We just love this
2: story and we love your illustrations, Betsy. Yeah. What what made you want to say yes to working on this?
1: Well, it was definitely when my agent brought me the manuscript. Um, it was definitely love at first read. I just, Aww. so, and I mean, that's just like so nice when that. And so I just there's so many things just I loved about it right when I read, love the mashup of like two evergreen themes like bedtime and alphabet. I just thought that's just definitely a winner in and of itself in terms of a concept. Um, And then I just thought the, the rhyme was so well executed, but also had the story built, which is kind of very hard to do well. And uh, loved the very bounty, um rhythm and cadence that that Susanna had established throughout her man. Um, it really reminded me like the traditional ABC song that all, all kids learn and know. And then also it just kind of had a chicka, chicka, boom, boom vibe. Um, yes, Replicating that. I just yeah. kind of had that same bouncy, playful feeling. Um, and then I really loved how she, how Susanna introduced the letters one by one, kind of giving them each their own spotlight and then after that happens, she really pushes the pace um, to allow for these buildups that lead to a um, sort of sometimes surprise scene that incorporate all of the letters, both visually and in them. and then there's kind of a place where that repeats um, later in the book. So I always love like the element of, rapid- and I, I think I also was really attracted, and this is perfect because Susanna already kind of uh, mentioned this, was really attracted to what actually was um, in the manuscript. Uh, She just really left a lot of openness for interpretation. And I just really saw an opportunity um, build in more of a visual narrative and build some character release um, into the art. And I, I didn't have any idea how I was going to do that, but I saw this as being a manuscript that could be Enhanced and taken to another level with that addition of the visual, and so I just just thought there were so many fun opportunities to really play with those alphabet connections in the art itself, and so yeah, I just really appreciated how um allowed for that freedom to layer on my own vision. Yeah,
2: well, it's a beautiful collaboration. It really is. It
0: really is. And do, do I get things... to comment on the art? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> because, of course. I mean, I couldn't believe it when I when I got to see the art the first time I was completely blown away I I thought like I couldn't have asked for anything better it was exactly what I wanted because I I always want things that give kids a lot to look at because you're reading to them and they're little and they're not you know they're not reading the words yet they're listening but they're looking at the page while the adult is reading or the older sibling whoever is reading and for there to be so much for them to to look for in in the art is so bright and fun and every single lesson, you know betsy was so thoughtful in in really thinking of how many things she could include that fit in natural you know that that gave kids an opportunity to you know things that began with like like b for example i i looked it has eight things that I see that, that start with B right on her and eat like some obvious things like boots that any kid is going to know, but then there's, she has on a beret. So you get the chance to teach kids, you know, Oh, well that's a special kind of hat called a beret. And they just, I thought it was just great.
3: <laughs> Those details really are brilliant. Oh, yeah, I mean, it makes they it are. makes for brilliant for B. Brilliant for B. I didn't even do yeah. that on purpose, I promise. <laughs> Although now I wish I had. Um, no, but it's it's perfect for going back and reading again, right? And seeing yes. what new things you can notice. I know the stuffed animals, the cat, the cat, like there, there's so much to see on every page. It really is,
0: it even really is wonderful. funny after the bunnies, the bunnies come out yeah. at M, they're hiding all around. So yeah, snorkeling in the bathtub. I mean, they're just like, they're <laughs> everywhere. It's so fun. Yeah,
3: it really is. It really, really is. Oh, much so fun. much fun. But it started with the words. So Susanna, we want to just scoot back to you for just a second and get a little bit more about your writing process. You know, like Betsy was saying, it it's an alphabet book and it's in rhyme and it's wonderful fun rhyme you just kind of bounce along as you read which can be so hard to do and if it's not done it ruins the it ruins the story right and so you've nailed it can you just give us a little bit more as to what the process was like for you writing
0: i really like writing in rhyme actually cuz it's sort of like to me it's like doing a puzzle you know you know what you want to say but you have to think of the right way to say it so that you get the story across without a lot of extra
2: and they're a parameter. Well, you have to have the meter. Oh, right, correct, oh, right, and exactly. And you have to, yeah. like, that's why it's like. Um,
0: I'm not one of those people um, who, who knows all those things like, you know, uh, anapests and <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I rhyme by ear, basically. I, so when you're when you're trying to come up with rhymes, a lot of times you have to think of different ways that you can say things so that you have, you end up with a different word at the end that you know matches and still keep it in the meter and gives you different it's also it's also in terms of writing the story um i tried a lot of things that um i write all my manuscripts in longhand when i start i just think better when i'm writing with a maybe it's cuz i'm old <laughs> i think <laughs> better than typing um and i have like a sample page of the kind of stuff oh. i do with cross outs and stuff like okay um i had you know, initially some different ideas like I, back when I had more descriptors, you know, Daredevil D in his astronaut suit tries to escape down the laundry chute. And that was a fun idea to me when I thought about it. But then when you think of like the whole group of them and how you want them all to be moving forward together toward the same goal, I didn't really want to have one of them like disappearing off in another direction and uh, thought, well, what else could I do? you know with d and e and i i had d and e in their fireman suits stomp through the house in their fireman boots which was a was a fun idea to me but really had nothing to do with the story and also doesn't start with d or e so you know, there were things like that that came into my mind that just really didn't, um cuz you really want the story to be moving forward the whole time um when i was thinking about what to put in it i I thought about all the things that you do in a bedtime, you know, brushing your teeth and putting on your jammies and having a story. So I knew that I was going to include things like that, you know. I, I also in the early phases when I was including more details, I, I brainstormed things that I thought kids would think were fun to have in the illustrations. But later I dropped that, mm-hmm. and most of the manuscript actually stayed close to what I had when I finally submitted it. Um, there was a couple things that Nancy wanted to change one of them that in the toothbrush time when they're in the bathroom i had a lot more in there um about by letter so that they were introduced a little more that about you and um either tickling you and v either tickling w or that i had a couple things and she wanted to just condense that part which made a lot of sense made it a little um and then the other thing in the climactic scene, which I don't know if I'm supposed to be telling, although it is on Amazon. But um <laughs> the I had used the words whacking smack. Um, the general feeling was that was maybe a little too violent. So we changed <laughs> it to tossing tumbling, uh which you know, which <laughs> was you know it's fine. That makes sense to me. Um, I like that a little hint to the listeners
3: what they can imagine <laughs> what would be happening in that that yeah. climactic scene. Yes. Yeah.
0: So, um, yeah. So, so a lot of revision.
2: Do you have a specific, yeah, a lot of revision in your daily writing routine? Do you have a specific writing schedule or helpful writing tips that you, or habits
0: that you'll share with our listeners? Um, you know, back in 2010, uh, <laughs> when my <laughs> life was a lot different than, it, um, I wrote in the morning. Cause that's really my best time. I would sit down you know, I write at my kitchen table usually because it's sunny. My I have an office, I never go there, um, <laughs> so <laughs> it, I keep things there. That's where mm-hmm. I my all my storage. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, so I I would sit down at the kitchen table. But nowadays, uh, my schedule is a lot dependable. I guess I don't know. I I spend a lot of time with my parents they're they need a lot of things. And um, my daughter has a new baby. So that's where I am now. Uh, well, she's five months old now, but she, right. <laughs> I spend a lot of time here anyway. So that, you know, when I'm in different places, things change. So I, I don't really have a regular writing schedule at this point. I, I write when I can. So sometimes it's in the morning, sometimes it's at one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah. It and I, I do other things too, because I, I teach my class, I write my blog and you know, run the contest, stuff like that. So those things take up time when they're happening. And so I work around that.
3: Fit it in but, when you can. Yeah. That's, yeah. And, and in, I think in terms
0: of... It's actually yeah, good advice. I mean, really, it's true. I, I, when my kids were little, a lot of times, I used to get ideas in the middle of the night. I, I kept a pad and a pen by the nightlight in the bathroom, so that I could really quietly and sneak in and, you know, write down whatever I was thinking. Um, I don't have to do that anymore, but uh,
3: yeah. yeah, those ideas that come in the middle of the night, I, t- I feel like they could be brilliant, and if you remember to write it. I find my brain's like, Oh no, you'll remember. It's so good. You'll remember. And then no, I no, always think forget that. Them. And I never mm-hmm. do. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Our brains can trick us that way.
1: Um, I always well, type things into the notes <laughs> in my, the notes on my iPhone. Like, yes. so when I get out of the shower, I'm like quickly yes. trying to get those ideas down and then I can email it to myself or tuck it in a folder of ideas mm-hmm. to revisit later.
2: I actually have waterproof notes in my shop. <laughs> That's good. So it's, wa- you can actually buy aqua notes and it's like waterproof paper and waterproof pencil. And you can just-
0: I write feel like we should link to that the in the show notes.
3: I feel like we need to find that and link to it in the show notes.
0: I'm going to write myself a little note to make sure that that happens. That's brilliant. I often text myself. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm out walking the dogs or whatever and I get an idea, I text it to myself so that I, um, I guess I could use notes, but- some- Texting. And
3: then it has the little reminder, right? right? Cause it says you have a message. Right. So right. it's exactly. a little, yeah, we all need those
0: reminders. These tips and tricks. I know, right? Helpful. Totally. <laughs> um, and I, well, I think in terms of other tips and tricks, I mean, if you're stuck writing, um, I sometimes, one of the things I do is I take someone else's book that I love, um, preferably mm-hmm. one I haven't done before. And I just type it out because it like gets the wheels turning, gets me in the right, like, writing someone else's rhythm. It's not like I'm, I'm not going to use any of that, but it just somehow primes the pump. I don't know. It sometimes can be love very helpful. That. I love that idea. I love I started
1: doing, I've, started, I've started doing that too. Um, so it's cool to hear that you do that Susanna, because <laughs> as, um, I'm, 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 sometimes also the author and that part intimidates me more. So some, um, I try to solve everything all at once. And so if I can, take a book I love and type it out, all I see is the words on the paper and I can remind myself this is actually how it starts. You don't have to have everything worked out.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's well, wonderful. And I, I encourage my students to type out books too. Like when you're learning what the rhythm and pace of a picture book is, it's very helpful. Just do it the way someone who's really good at it does so that you mm-hmm. you get the feel mm-hmm. of it. Because I, th- I think it is like a feeling sort of. I mean, it's also things that you learn. It is yeah.
2: a f- It is a feeling. And also just even if you're not typing out and you read one of your favorite picture books and you think about what is it that I love Mm -hmm. about Why do I love it? What what parts of this can I infuse into my writing? It's so helpful.
3: It definitely is. It sparks something, right? I know at the beginning of my writing career, I used to do that a lot. And you're right, Susanna. It's just so helpful to see how the page turns work when you're, you know, typing it out, you can see, oh, okay, well, this is where they stopped. And then we have a page to use that in your own, um, and see it in someone else's is, is really helpful. I agree. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant tip. Wonderful. And
0: I, I, also, I do sometimes, I didn't do it this year because I was busy, but, um, I often <laughs> have done a mix and match mini writing contest on my blog in May. Um, that can be a really great way to get ideas if you're having trouble getting started sometimes I just like pick three random things you can pick three words um, a situation and an emotion and a, a character or whatever um, but just pick three random things and sometimes if you give yourself something like that it just you get ideas you start to write and then you, it can totally evolve into something completely different um, it gives you a place to start if you're trying to write a story where you include an umbrella uh, you know, a character named Chloe and, you know, something blue or, you know, whatever. And um, yeah, I love so it. That, that can be good for getting things going sometimes too. Love that. Absolutely. Love that. So, well, Betsy,
3: we've been gushing over your art. We love it so much. There's so much to see. I We can't imagine what a challenge it was to illustrate a book that has. Over 26 distinct characters. So
2: many letters. We've done such an
3: amazing job of there's so much energy on every page. Can you share a little bit with us uh about your illustration process?
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, this was definitely like the most challenging project I've ever worked on, just in terms of the scope. And <laughs> like I've I've never had never much character development in terms of like many characters and repeating characters in a story before. So it definitely like has pushed and pulled me Um, that felt uncomfortable at times, but I, (laughs) you know, have grown. So, so yeah, so I I do feel book has a slightly different process that I work on, you know, I kind of have to adjust my process according to the story itself but um for this um kind of began with a call with um our editor Nancy Paulson and at the time at the start of the project the art director was Cecilia um but she eventually transitioned out and it became marika um I hope I'm saying her name correctly mm-hmm. <laughs> um we just had a phone call like to brainstorm kind of uh, what maybe we all saw the vision as and see if mm-hmm. we were on the same page then uh, from there um we well, we talked about um multiple options. So I think just when I read the manuscript initially, I always envisioned animated letter forms, like letter actual
3: okay. mm-hmm.
1: arms and legs and lots of personality. That just was sort of like mm-hmm. my natural fit um as yeah. an illustrator and just how I just how I instantly saw it. Um but when we t- in the call, when we talked about it, um they encouraged me to explore some other directions as well. So I kind of um maybe Creatures, um, kids that might sort of serve as like a mascot for each letter, and so I kind of went from there and did just concept sketches um, to kind of flesh out the characters, and went back to the publisher and and um, they ended up picking the the kid direction um, where each each letter was represented by it, and so I was a little caught off guard at first because. <laughs> expecting them to choose that direction. Um, and I definitely felt more intimidated by it (laughs) in terms of what they meant with the scope and everything. But I also and it it's, you know, trust definitely trusted their experience um and just really saw the reasons for them choosing that direction. And I I Realizing there was a few other alphabet bedtime books out there that did use the animated letter forms, I I definitely felt like this was the right direction to differentiate the book and make it a little more unique. So that's how we kind of landed on that approach for the book. And then from there, I went just kind of uh, working out ideas. And even if I'm illustrating the book, I really like to use word lists to brainstorm. And I kind of just I, I I always have too many ideas in the beginning, so it also helps me like just sort of do a brain dump. Um, but I began with uh, making a bunch of different um, alphabet lists uh, from A to Z. I would do, I, you know, maybe animals that start from A, Z, then focus on like patterns, types of things, um, and then maybe like accessories. And just to help me begin to think about um, things in the alphabet, I could connect with each letter and character and how I might weave together a visual narrative with the alphabet. Um, So I, throughout the process, would go back to my lists and reference them and think of how I could incorporate some um, things along. And then um, also just began in in the sketching process, began to think about, do I wanna create some relationships between some of these letters? Z ends up being kind of, uh, I hope this isn't like a spoiler, I don't think it really is. Um, (laughs) Z ends up being kind of like the baby of the has more of a focus throughout the book and and, um, has a nice relationship with one of the pets. Um, And that becomes kind of integral to how the ending is solved in the visuals. Um, So I just kind of worked worked, worked on some of
0: how things can come together. (laughs) And
1: You know, normally when I do a dummy, I'm solving multiple things at the same time. But when I tried to do that, I would just get completely over with, with just all of the characters. And so what I ended up doing was using the dummy more just to work out the layout and the page breaks and the page um, of the books, just work out the comp. Um, So I just roughened the characters. And then I would work on the, I worked on the character development step and then eventually did full-size tight sketches where I would bring those two things together and refine everything. Um, My mind just could not handle (laughs) doing all those (laughs) things at once. So with the character development, going back to those word lists helped. Um, And then I eventually like, you know, got my favorite 26 letters thinking about, you know, it's a very diverse family. I really wanted a a balance of boys and girls of um, different skin colors, different hair colors, different hairstyles. And so I kind of, I just cut apart my sketches and began to assemble them in an order like a you know, like like we talked about letter B. Um, B ended up being blonde with um I love it. So might be something you'd pick up on later. And and, bangs. And, and, and G, I wanted to be green. Bang. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She does
3: have bangs. Does she,
1: <laughs> she does, right? And she does. Yeah.
3: <laughs> You're like, I've drawn her a, mi- a million times. I can't remember. Yeah.
1: But it was definitely a process, even even through to the end when I added color, which I'll kind of go back, I would realize as I went along, like, oh, I think I have my characters the way I want them. And then I would get to a spread where at one place, they're in an order where they, they have letters on their shirts, Mm -hmm. where they spell out the word snug, they're tucked into bed, and they spell out the word snug. And that was kind of echoing um, a word that was in Susanna's text in that place. And then I realized, you know, I didn't, I didn't like the arrangement of, those characters together. Like there only ended up being one girl in the mix or something like that. And so then I'd have to go back and try to like rearrange them and see how it affected other pages. And so it was, that part was very challenging.
3: So much to think about. Yeah. So much to think
1: about. This wasn't necessarily like the linear process because it was a lot of back and forth. But at some point when I um, start thinking about the art, I would do like um, a few art samples for the publisher to kind of refine the style. And Because although we all have like a distinct style as an illustrator, um, it always sort of adjusts to the project that we're working on. And so I would share those samples with the publisher. And then um, the art, it's ultimately assembled in photo. I use a sketch as kind of a template and then, um, block in the shapes based on my sketch and flat color. So that gives me a chance to kind of focus on calm. And then I go back and add textures and patterns and details. And some of those things are hand painted that I scan oh, wow. in and then paste into the shapes, the flat shapes I've created. So Great. I, I always think it ends up kind of being like a digital collage. Yeah. Um, I love that. A lot
3: to think about. What I mean, and this again, especially with all of the characters that you had to think of, like do this whole process for. It's yeah, astounding, and what an amazing, amazing product. I mean, thank you. Yeah, I, you can see it's the beautiful. hard work we love that went into book. it. It's wonderful. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, we're getting to the end of our time. We're already. running out of
2: time. Um, and we have yeah, go ahead, steam we have just one last question for each of you. And we're going to start with you, Betsy. When someone reads this book, what do you hope they feel or learn?
1: Um, I definitely hope that they feel represented in some way. I hope kids can see themselves in the book in some way, whether it's how the characters look or um, some something that they love, like a stuffy that they might have, or um, just something that echoes their own. Also kind of seeing that, Families can look diverse and colorful and don't necessarily have to be our our traditional family that we sometimes go to first in our minds. Um, and then I hope that they learn, I hope they learn their alphabet. That's a, that's a good call. <laughs> I'm and sure they great. will. <laughs> reading can be fun. And I, I just have great memories, you know, being in bed with pa- my parents and grandmother reading reading me books at night. And I do the same thing with my two kids. I have a five-year-old and an eight-year-old and just doing that from the, instills just so much and carry carries over into all the areas, especially when they start school, you can really see the benefits of just doing that. And it's wonderful together time.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so important. Susanna, same question. When someone reads this book, what do you hope they feel or learn?
0: Well, I would, I would echo what Betsy says, although I have to say that before I saw the art, um, I didn't know how well it would work for kids to see themselves in the book. I mean, it's it's really, um, I hope it's fun. I hope they have, I hope they enjoy it because I, like Betsy said, I, I want reading to be fun for kids. I hope that it is. It was fun for me. I love reading to my own children, to my grandchildren. It's like a, special time of day i so i hope it's fun um and i i also hope um, and obviously i hope that they practice the alphabet you know (laughs) learn, learn their letters um but i also hope that that the story overall gives them a feeling of the security and comfort of family of a bedtime routine and um you know just feeling at home in the heart of your family what conglomeration your family is you know whether it's just you and one parent or you know how, how whatever your family is most people don't have 25 siblings but um <laughs> uh, maybe pet uh, maybe. it gives that feeling of being an accepted member of a family that you know is boisterous and joyful and you know i i hope that they feel good when they read it A big thank you to
3: Susanna and Betsy for joining us today and giving us a look into the creative process for alphabet time. Check out the show notes to learn more about Susanna and Betsy and their other fabulous work. Don't forget to follow the podcast so you won't miss an episode, and we would love it if you would leave a review. Thanks for listening and
2: happy happy looking. looking. Picture Book Look is produced by Kirstie Call and Kim Chafee.